You're listening to You've Been Hanged, hosted by Hank Griffin, writer, man of faith, Parkinson's warrior, traveling man, and storyteller. Wonderful stories, home cooking, thoughtful lessons, and candor about life with Parkinson's are his to share. Relax for the next several minutes with your friend, neighbor, and brother who loves you. The Warrior's Path. Some of you know this already. For others listening, it'll be new. Eighteen months ago, my movement disorder specialist, a neurologist who specialized in treating Parkinson's disease, gave me news that was necessary but entirely unwelcome. It went like this. Mr. Griffin, you need to start physical therapy right away or you are absolutely going to wind up in a wheelchair. To which I responded, but doctor, I don't like physical therapy. My physician was unmoved by my eloquence. Mr. Griffin, no one likes physical therapy. If you don't do something and start doing it soon, you are facing a future in a wheelchair. To which I responded, but I don't want to live in a wheelchair. Also, I feel like you aren't listening to me. Did you hear me say I don't like physical therapy? The doctor, someone I both like, and whose professional expertise I respect and trust was, again, unmoved by the brilliance of my position. Mr. Griffin, she began, and y'all, I think I heard a, a note of near exasperation in her voice as she said, no one wants to live in a wheelchair, and no one likes physical therapy, but you must do it. Must is an awfully strong word. It isn't one I tend to respond well to. That said, I really do like my movement disorder specialist. She's an excellent physician, and she's as pretty as a speckled puppy in a little red wagon. Frankly, she isn't my first movement disorder specialist, and generally speaking, I don't like neurologists very much. They aren't good listeners. She is. Did I mention the part about the little red wagon and the speckled puppy? That helps. I mean, it don't hurt. Must. Ooh, I hate being told that I must do pretty much anything. It makes me want to rebel. And yet, movement disorder specialists are hard to find. Those who listen are still harder to find. I have found one who is truly good at what she does, listens, is young enough that I don't need to worry about her aging out before I die, and who really is a lovely child. I began to see her point and recognized that perhaps in this singular instance, I truly must. Doctor, I understand and I appreciate your kind and excellent care. Here's a counter-proposal. I watched as she fought to keep from fussing me out. To her very great credit, she overcame the urge and listened. Go on, she invited. Rather than my starting a traditional course of physical therapy, would you be willing to accept in its place my undertaking to practice a martial art? I watched the doctor's face carefully. She sat back, rolled her eyes started to say something, then saw me watching her closely. 
I think she recognized then that I was trying hard to find a mutually acceptable solution, that I really do value her kind and excellent care, and that we might just be at a crossroads both unexpected and important. I watched her change tack. That's a sailing reference. For those of you who may not know, I'm an old sailor. Mr. Griffin, if you can find anyone who's willing to teach you a martial art, and you will actually do it, and stick with it, and I can see real improvement next time I evaluate you after you've begun such a program, then yes, I will accept that in place of traditional Parkinson-specific physical therapy. I watched and listened as she spoke, taking note of her changed demeanor, one that I appreciated, as well as her emphasis on the words if, as well as and, we were agreed. Frankly, I knew already that I was in trouble physically. I knew very well that a wheelchair was in my future if things didn't change. That said, I know me remarkably well. The likelihood of my following through on anything I truly despise, like physical therapy, is as unlikely as it can be. When I arrived home, I began searching for martial arts dojos that would accept Parkinson's sufferers. There were none thus listed. I began calling around to inquire. A few, though only a very few, allowed me to get past the word Parkinson's without hanging up on me. Though none were inclined to actually allow me into their dojo, even for a test lesson for the purpose of evaluating whether or not they thought I might be a good fit. Jerks? I began to better understand the doctor's reservation. It's likely, given her professional expertise, that she knew very well that few, if any, dojos would be interested in taking me on. Did I mention jerks? If not, I meant to. When there are mountains too truly insurmountable for me to scale alone, ones that are important to me, I have this thing I like to do. I get down on my knees and I pray. So I started praying. Lord, I need help. I don't want to go to physical therapy, but I do need help. None of these jerks. Oh, sorry, Lord. That, that is to say, none of the dojos that I've been in touch with are willing to teach me. And I need help. Please, please help me. Please send someone who will teach me. I continued to seek training. My desire to be trained continued to be frustrating. Some weeks into this process, my phone rang. When I answered it, a man known to me and with whom I'd become friendly as a consequence of his having helped me navigate a difficult series of circumstances when I served as worshipful master of my Masonic Lodge said something to me I did not expect. Brother Hank, said he, I've just been praying and the Spirit has moved me in such a way that I felt prompted to call you. You may not know this about me, but I practice and teach martial arts. I'm calling to invite you to my private dojo which is in the basement of my home, to train with me. Will you come? He was right. I had no idea that he was a martial artist. Incidentally, though I had called every dojo I could find, I had not mentioned my desire to receive martial arts training to anyone that I knew personally. I was timid about it. It is terribly difficult to talk about such things with those not personally affected. You see, people like to offer unwelcome, uninvited, kindly intended, but usually unhelpful advice and observations. 
I didn't wish to endure any of that and had kept this to myself to protect tender feelings. None of the dojos I'd called ever even let me get to the point in a conversation where an introduction was in order. There were exactly three mortals who knew of my desire, me, dearest love, and my neurologist. And my creator, he knew. He didn't just know. He began working on someone who could help. My creator set about by the power of his spirit answering my prayers. Uh, yeah. When would you like for us to meet, I asked. This Wednesday? I'll be there. And I was there. Initially, those lessons were not necessarily intended to put me on a path to martial arts training. He wanted to better understand what I could do, might not be able to do, and wished to help me better know how to defend myself should I be set upon by ne'er-do-wells who might decide to take advantage of my rapidly declining physical condition. In time, we both grew more confident of my physical capacity, both to learn and do more. That was 16 months ago. In the intervening time, I've gone from white belt to yellow tip, yellow belt, green belt to my current rank, blue belt. In a few weeks, Lord willing and the creek don't rise, I'll challenge the brown belt test. I'll not lie to you. I'm anxious. That anxiety has nothing to do with the instruction nor the encouragement I've received. Both have been exemplary. Both are above reproach. No, my anxiety rests entirely with my own failings. I wish, should I fail, that I could say it was the Parkinson's. This would be so easy, much too easy. The lure of such a lie is incredibly seductive, very like a beautiful woman who signals willingness and promises discretion. No, such a lie is just as that beautiful woman, fraught, and one that would leave me less than I am. It would be so easy to lie thus about all kinds of things. I can't persevere because of the disease. I can't win because the deck is stacked against me. I can't because so easy to say. No doubt, a time or two, I'd be bathed in the heartfelt sympathy and compassion of almost everyone I know, caressed, comforted, fussed over, defended even. To do so would be the easiest thing. I know the truth, though. I know as soon as the word should ever leave my mouth, I would be eternally diminished. I would know the truth. My Creator would know the truth, and I would from that very moment be less. That lie would set in motion a personal cataclysm that would be irrecoverable. My integrity, self-respect, esteem, conviction, determination, courage, fortitude, honor, wisdom, faith, hope, and worthiness would all of them be damaged beyond my personal ability to repair. You see, I perceive something far more than most students or practitioners of karate will ever experience. I'm not boasting when I say this. It is nevertheless true. I don't just go to a karate class X times a week. I've not signed a contract wherein I pay a fee for training and am guaranteed to receive a black belt. I have no contract. There is no guarantee of a black belt or any other kind of belt. I received a blessing. More importantly, it is a literal and physical manifestation of an answered prayer. 
one that I have prayed over and over again and again, day in and day out, week after week. God, please help me. I know I will not persist with physical therapy. I hate physical therapy. Please send me an opportunity to step back onto the warrior's path. I, I know. I, I know. I'm in my 50s. I know, given the trial of this illness and its early manifestation, that I'm probably not going to live for decades more. That doesn't matter to me. Long life is less important to me by far than quality of life, of life both purposeful and well-lived. That matters to me, and I need help, Lord. Please, please help me. My Creator heard my prayer. His Spirit moved upon the one human being that I personally know who could help. That good man called me, met with me, began training with me, and has never faltered, not once. The training has been intense, sweat, tears, and blood. My sensei called on the services of another man, another mason, as it goes, a fourth-degree black belt whose skill and dedication are worthy of my respect, an accomplished student of martial arts who had not, at that time, benefited from many opportunities to teach. This last year, he and Sensei have met with me every single week to teach, train, encourage, and polish my burgeoning abilities. In time, Sensei called on another good man to bless me, an eighth-degree black belt who stepped up to assist me with his own unique and remarkable perspective and skill set. For 16 months, these three men have taught me together and one-on-one. They have imparted ancient knowledge, technique, wisdom, and understanding to one who, except for faithful, fervent prayers expressed endlessly and born of a desire to avoid a wheelchair, would never, could never have similarly found himself trotting confidently upon the warrior's path. No, no, absolutely not. To give up now, to lie with seductive ease and say, I can't do it because of the disease, would be to damn myself and dishonor those good men and others too. I'm not going to do that. If I fail, the fault will be entirely and inescapably mine. The training that I have received is unlike what almost anyone will ever receive. It is a gift. It is a blessing. It is a mortal, physical manifestation of my Creator's love for me. Let me never treat it as anything less than holy, not ever. My sensei and I are both Latter-day Saints, given that we are both also enthusiastic Masons. It is natural that the dojo is peopled with a delightful number of other brother Masons. Some are old, some are young, all are good men who aspire to be better men. Every one of us are working hard to be the best martial practitioners that we can be. It is a wonderful intersection of my faith and fraternity, one that strengthens me and has thus far successfully kept me out of a wheelchair. I'm not going to lie. In the last 16 months, there was a dreadfully near brush with that very fearful reality. Had it not been for this painful, challenging, and truly wonderful alternative to traditional physical therapy, I'd be writing this from a wheelchair. I'd have to record it from a wheelchair. I know me, though. If I were in a wheelchair... I would not be writing this, and I would not record it. If I were in a wheelchair, 
I would almost certainly have parked said chair in front of a television to begin the process of dying. Instead, I have written. Instead, I am recording. Soon, I will challenge the brown belt test. The paths we choose matter. Our actions, choices, and intent matter. Everything we do or do not do matters. Sensei teaches several different skill levels. Among the very lowliest are me, and a few others like me, who aspire to be something more, something greater. Then there are the newer black belts, those who are only at the first, second, or third degree, and who are mastering the physical components of our art. He teaches the more advanced fourth, fifth, and sixth degree black belts who have mastered combat and are on a path to embracing the mental components of advanced training. Then there are the seventh, eighth, and ninth degree students. These extraordinary human beings who have trained longer than my half century of life, these karateka, all masters in their own right, continue to humbly come and learn from sensei who has been at this for very nearly 60 years of active practice and teaching. Still, they come to him, Mormons, Catholics, Protestants, men of other faiths, men and women of no faith, as well as our brother Masons, and of course, far more men not of our fraternity, men and women whose faith, understanding, and experience vary to an astonishing degree. They gather, learn from, and teach each other, growing and becoming more as they do so. Two of those students are sisters, young women, who are pursuing careers in the military. They're 19 and 23, respectively, black belts, both, at least one is a black belt in multiple disciplines and a world champion in one of them. Those young ladies are lovely spirits, but frightening and entirely in possession of my respect. Y'all, Mama did a lot of things, but she did not raise a fool. Those girls have taught me much, and I have no doubt will, so long as I continue to be blessed to train with them, teach me much, much more. Yesterday, I was honored to be included in a black belt-only class, there to train with a dozen advanced black belts. The least experience is actively trained for most of this century. He has literally guarded the lives and physical personages of multiple U.S. presidents all over the earth. The most experienced of them, Sensei, has actively trained for all but 60 years, is a grand master, which is to say he holds and did earn a 10th degree black belt in not fewer than three separate martial arts and holds black belts of various degrees in more than a dozen martial arts. He has literally given his entire life to this path. In addition, were fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth degree black belts all training together. Men who have taught countless students, advanced dozens of black belts apiece, and have contributed to the martial arts in a way that I'm only beginning to glimpse, never mind understand. Yesterday, each of those extraordinary, seemingly near-inhuman martial artists gave some of their valuable time to me. They demonstrated how to better focus on just the first two knuckles as I punch, how to best transfer energy from the hips to the fist for a strike, or to the forearm for a block, how to breathe in such a way as to help ensure being able to breathe throughout a physical engagement, how to stand, how to move, where to look, when to look, and help me polish my kata. These good men, among whom were at least two Mormons and three Masons, invited me to sit, to be tested on my understanding of our art's history. The questions came, and thank goodness, thank my ever-loving heavens, I had at least some of the answers. 
It was a master class of honest goodness masters and all for my benefit as I prepared to challenge the brown belt test. These masters of our art were giving back. They set aside their far loftier high level pursuits to assist a lowly blue belt who hopes someday, maybe, to wear a brown belt and be better prepared when the time comes. None of them had to. Nevertheless, all of them did so. Afterwards, five of us sat down for a meal together. When the food was gone, I benefited again from listening to these four men whose combined active martial arts experience stretches across more than 151 years. I listened to their stories, advice, hopes, fears, regrets, aspirations, and wise counsel. It was a second master class on the martial arts in one day. Now, reality check. Y'all, I am not a promising prodigy who will go on to bring these men greater glory or anything else as a consequence of having taught a future champion. No, nothing like it. I'm an overweight, rapidly aging grandfather who can't always walk in a straight line or even forwards who begged his creator to give him a path to avoiding life in a wheelchair that does not involve physical therapy, which I hate. My tremors, dystonia, and weakness are unsightly, frankly unsettling for some to behold. A prodigy? I am not. Despite this, I am the recipient of a gift that is almost beyond my capacity to comprehend, except through the dual lenses of faith and brotherly love, the latter, of course, being born of the former. I'm no one of any consequence. I'm not a great man. I'm owed nothing by any person. There is nothing about me that requires men to stop and take notice. I am nothing. I am no one. None of this is due to me or anything I've done or am owed. It is a gift from God. I know it. Treat it thus and am accordingly grateful for it. There are four things I like to talk about here on You've Been Hanked. Stories of beautiful East Texas. My life and experience as a devout Latter-day Saint. My love and enthusiasm for Freemasonry. And life with Parkinson's disease. If one allows for my being a native of beautiful to fulfill one of those four criteria, then each of the four are pertinently represented here. A beautiful native. Ooh, that don't sound right. Now let's try that again. A native of beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is so much better. A native of beautiful practicing karate in the company of far more accomplished others, some of whom are also practitioners of my faith, members of my fraternity, and all of whom are symbolically and frankly in some cases literally placing themselves under my shoulders in such a way as to keep me from that dreaded wheelchair. Oh, this puts things in perspective. Look, thanks for listening. I'd love to sit and visit a while longer, but I have to go work out. I can never properly repay these extraordinary men and women in any conceivable way except to pass that dang test and don a brown belt, then move on to preparing for the black. My feet are firmly placed on this path, the warrior's path, and it is a gift I can never repay. With that in mind, much love, Hank.
You've been hanked. Thanks for listening to You've Been Hanked. If you enjoyed today's episode, do us a favor. Like, share, subscribe, and comment. It's easy and really makes a difference. Please help Hank help others by increasing the reach of You've Been Hanked.